Hello, my name is Julie King, and this is the Bonnelly Tourism in a New Era podcast. Each week, I'll be interviewing global leaders in the complete tourism supply chain. We will hear how they've adapted, challenges they've faced and overcome, new measures in place, and how they are innovating and marketing to rebuild confidence. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. My name is Julie King, and I'm delighted to welcome you to our series, Tourism in a New Era. Bonnelly is a global industry platform, community platform, which focuses on industry collaboration, driving 21st century thinking to positively shape the future of tourism and create a positive impact in the world. It was created in response to the impact of the global pandemic in 2020. It is a platform for good that brings the whole global tourism industry together to collaborate and unite for common purpose, as well as addressing industry challenges. We are looking forward to having thought-provoking and open conversations on the future of tourism, where it's moving to, and how we can together ensure sustainability of businesses, the environment, and our industry. Our focus is on global collaboration and bringing a community together. It's not about competing interests. Last week, we had the pleasure of welcoming Issam Kazim from Dubai Cooperation for Tourism and Commerce Marketing as our guest speaker to the Destination Readiness and Innovation in a new area series. Today, our global audience represents 11 countries and 12 sectors of the tourism industry. Our second destination that we're going to be showcasing today is Portugal. We will hear how Portugal as a destination has adapted, challenges they've faced and overcome, new measures in place, and how they're innovating and marketing to rebuild and reshape tourism. So today I'm honored to introduce you today to our guest speaker, Luis Arajo, who is the president of Turismo de Portugal, or should we say the Portuguese National Tourism Authority, president of the European Travel Commission, and also president of NEST, which is a tourism innovation center in Portugal. Luis, welcome and thanks so much for joining me today. You have a large portfolio of roles, and I'm really looking forward to discussing with you today Portugal's plans visions and insights for tourism recovery, as well as a wider view on the direction that ETC is taking. We've got a lot to discuss, so I'm going to start off talking about the impact of COVID-19 on Portugal. So welcome. Thank you, Julie. Good to be here. Thank you for coming and thank you for being here so early in the morning. I appreciate this is very early in your time at seven o'clock. No, no problem. You will see the sun rising. No problem. Oh, good. We look forward to that. (laughs) So Portugal is a destination to open back up to tourism in as early as June this year. How challenging was that for you? And what measures did you put in place to ensure visitor confidence across the whole customer journey? Well, very, very challenging. You have to see that Portugal was having a track record of success over these past five years. We increased our revenue six, more than 60%, six zero in four years. Uh, we reached a record in 2019 of 27 million guests in, in our country. And the most important, we were seeing growth the entire year and through the entire territory. So it's not, it was not only concentrated in the biggest destinations, tourism mm-hmm. destinations. It was in the entire territory. 10% of our workforce working in tourism. So you can imagine from one day to the other. Yes. Having a lockdown in March for two months and then the uncertainty in the future that we're still living. Extremely difficult. We depend heavily on the air connectivity because we are in the point in the extreme of of Europe. So it was really, really, really challenging. But as you said, we just had to focus. 
Yeah. And we've decided that our job from that moment on would be towards uh, the tourists, that they needed the more information they could have. They wanted to know if they could travel, if they couldn't travel, what they could do in our country, how to behave. Yeah. So that was our main uh, focus. Right. The second one was uh, uh, citizens. How can we give the solidarity? You, you, you told something briefly about Bonel, which was a force for good. Yes. And we do believe tourism is a force for good in the countries. So we would have to be uh, also that force to good again. And the third uh, focus was our companies. How could we help them to preserve the job force and to survive during these months? We didn't know how many months that that would be. Yeah. So that would have to be with very effective effective financial measures to help mm. them survive uh, during this period. And I believe that you were also the, the first European, or one of the first European countries awarded with a safe travel stamp as well from the World Travel and Tourism Council, um, mm-hmm. and actually mm-hmm. one of the countries that conducts more tests and percentage to the population. That, that was one of the situations. Well, Turismo de Portugal has a very, a very big team. We're almost uh, 600 in the entire country, uh, touching several points. So we go from promotion to product development. So we help municipalities and other entities to develop their product towards a tourism perspective. We have 12 tourism schools, so we train 4,000 people a year, technical uh, teaching. We give aid, we work as a bank, so we give money to the companies and uh, we're reimbursed after a few time of that money, so uh, uh, several activities. And what we've decided was people, uh, and especially companies, were asking us, what do we have to do to regain trust from our customer? Mm. So together with the health authorities, we've decided to issue some regulations in terms of what a hotel or restaurant or golf course had to do in order to reduce uh, the possibility of transmission of the virus. So these were very simple protocols. It was based on responsibility. Companies said, I want to do this. Uh, We've created a technological platform, a digital platform, which is still available, Mm -hmm. uh, portugalcleanandsafe.com. In that platform, they would just have to register. They would get all the stamps they could use, and we would audit in a second moment. So it it wasn't... uh, uh, first movement audits. This was very effective because people knew what they had to do and they're still doing it, which is right. incredible. Right. And the second thing was you also build trust because uh, people that wanted to know which restaurant they could go or hotel that had the stamp, it was very effective. And we right. build on that because two months later, we've decided to bring tourists uh, into our audits so uh, inside the platform, they have green, red, green, yellow, and red lights evaluation. So when you go to one of those places, you can press the button. If you press red, we will audit them immediately. If you press green, they get an email congratulating uh, right. their fantastic job on preventing the spreading of the virus. So Great we got idea. the first, the yeah. first seal from the WTTC, the safe travel seal. And uh, it was really effective. And, and, and the most important, and I think this is the sign of the new era, is the collaboration. Because many countries mm-hmm. asked us, can you please explain us 
we not only explained, we gave the context from the people who made up the, the electronical platform. We said you can yeah. use even the logos. We don't care yeah. other countries, other destinations, because this was really the time, and this is really the time to work together and build trust and build confidence. Uh, absolutely, so, absolutely. So this was this was very effective uh, for us, and hopefully we will keep with that during next year for sure. Yeah, no, that's an excellent initiative, and you have about twenty two thousand stamps from what I more read. More than twenty two thousand. Yeah, more yeah. than twenty two thousand, and we did something else. We gave uh, online training. Right. Uh, for 25,000 people during four months. So we had 25,000 people with our schools right. who had training on this, on this subject, which was, which, which was really interesting because we had people were very receptive and companies were still, were still working on it. And I have to tell you, we did roughly 400 audits because we do mm -hmm. random audits. Besides the ones that press the red button. Yes. And yeah. uh, we only took three steps and we took them, two of them because the, the, the business had closed. They had closed right. the business. So they, they were completely closed, which reflects the importance and the value that people give to this kind of, of situation right now. Yeah. That's, that's terrific. And you also introduced a health passport and travel insurance for visitors too. Can you tell us a yeah. bit more about those initiatives and how tourists can access those? Yes. Well, the, the health system in Portugal is uh, excellent. The public health system is one of the best health systems in, in Europe. And we have the public and the private sector. If you come to Portugal and you're a foreigner, you're entitled uh, to the same public health system and care that I have. But right. in any case, we thought, well, people don't know people who have never been to Portugal. Maybe they trust more in the private sector than in the public. It's a, a common opinion in the yeah. entire world. So what we did was we made a partnership with uh, the health cluster that gathers all the private hospitals in Portugal. And what they did was uh, an electronic, a digital platform where you can just register. It's called the uh, health passport, uh, portugalhealthpassport.com. Right. You just register. And you're entitled to as many discounts as I have in the private hospital. Right. Uh, so it's the same as having health insurance in our country paid, but with a very low cost. And they include some add-ons related with COVID, like testing and, and whatever. Right. So it's completely free. You just have to pay for the treatments if you need it. Then right. the second thing we did was an insurance uh, which is a second movement with some insurance companies uh, because people wanted to travel, but they wanted to be sure that they could get back to their country expatriated or if they had something sure. or get their refund on the, the trip they made. So that's another, that's another situation. You can also register on, on, on the platform. And, and you, uh, I think it's, it's just, uh, what we're doing now is looking, what do people need? What do they need? And yeah. try to find the solution. Yes. Um, digital helps. Technology helps a lot. Because Absolutely. Because we can reach everyone in terms of communication, yeah. but also in terms of these platforms where they can register. Yeah. And it's useful also, also for our companies because yes. it's another opportunity of business. So it, it has been very effective, and I think we're building trust based on this. Absolutely. Um, no, it's an incredible idea. 
And and you talked a little bit about support that you were giving to the industry through, you know, the government. Can you expand a little bit more about what kind of help you've been able to give the industry during this time? You know, has it been sort of, you know, more on the financial side or has it been in other ways that you could do that? Well, mostly financial. During this period since March, we have uh, around uh, 130,000 companies that work in tourism in every sector, from local lodging to hotels, 130. What we did was focusing on jobs, keeping jobs. So we had a very effective layoff system that people could just Mm -hmm. send, companies could just send people home and the government would pay for their salaries. Then we have effective measures in terms of helping those companies surviving. We spend roughly 1.5 billion euros of financial support. Um, But I have to tell you that the most effective ones were the ones who were very quick. For instance, um, delaying period of mortgages. Yes. So a company doesn't pay any mortgage during a year until March next year. Yeah. Allowing rents for the public service, for the public uh, buildings not to be paid until March next year. Yeah. Um, we launched a very specific line with 90 million euros that gave money to any company that uh, requested that money up to 750 euros per worker for three months. Right. That was really effective. It was the most effective line. Right. Of course, it forced us, it forced us to create a digital platform in one week mm-hmm. and train almost a hundred people to work uh, with those processes because we're a public organization. So we need to have everything controlled and audited and very clear. But in one week, we've managed to, to, to issue those, those, uh, those aids. So I would say financial would be the first. The second would be training. As I told you, with our uh, hotel schools, we had to send all our students home. So we have to change. Yeah. Also in one week from, ver- from physical to virtual training. Uh, we had such good reception from the students that we decided to do that open to any, any company. Right. So we've just opened online courses for workers uh, on the, from the industry, from business managers to maids. And uh, we gave it for free. And we had in four months... More than 64,000 people trained wow. uh, online yeah. training. Yeah, that's and, incredible. And that was, and that was the, most, the most incredible was seeing which kind of training people were looking for. Right. Because we opened several things like financial or customer relation. And the ones that had more search were the ones related with sustainability. How can I improve the efficiency of my company through sustainability right. and digital marketing, which right. is which is really really impressive. We were really absolutely. It it was it was like blown away by the idea that people really were focusing in the right things for the future, and yeah. I think that was that was the most impressive. Yeah, no, that's excellent. Well done. And Europe, as we know at the moment, is is going through a second wave of the pandemic. What has been the impact on Portugal and, and what you're seeing across wider Europe? And, and what have you changed in the areas that you've undertaken so far in the first wave, um, you know, to, to, I guess, help counteract that to a degree? 
or mm-hmm. where the, where you possibly can, you know, with the situation? Well, the the situation was very mm-hmm. clear from yeah. from the beginning. We looked like mouses running in in a path uh, with no ends and no exits. Mm-hmm. Everyone was doing what they wanted to do. There was no coordination at all from the European institutions. It seemed that uh, countries and, and leaders were not talking with each other, closing yeah. borders or not closing borders or whatever. And, uh, well, uh, I understand because there is a big fear and there is a big... We always say there, the conflict is a conflict of time and space. Yes. Uh, for tourism, one day that passes is one day lost yeah. if your bed is not occupied or if your restaurant is not full. For health, it's one day they win because it's one day that we're closer to the vaccine or the treatment and, uh, and it's a good day. Yeah. And then it's a, it's, it's a time of movement. It's, it's a question of movement. We need movement in our jobs and mm-hmm. in our businesses. The health authorities need us to be uh, quiet at home. So it's, yeah. it's completely the opposite. Uh, the question here is how can we reach the balance? And I think this balance was never considered up till now. I think now we're seeing a shift and there is a discussion between the two areas, between the economy and health uh, in a local and national level, but also in an international level. Mm -hmm. So I would say this cooperation is crucial. I think we should start and we're planning on uh, looking at opportunities in terms of having a seamless travel experience with the lowest risk possible. We will always know an airport or a museum will never be as safe in terms of COVID transmission as Mm. a surgery uh, room in a hospital. Mm. That's for sure. We need to reach a balance between what we can do or uh, and how safe can we do it. So I would say that in Europe, things are hopefully changing and and Good. this uh, we had several events uh, over the past weeks um, from the european commission the german presidency had also a very nice um, webinar last week the 23rd addressing these issues portugal will have the presidency of the european commission next semester uh, yes. starting the 1st of january so these issues will be very very much uh, addressed and focused for the next uh, the next weeks yeah that's good to hear good to hear tough times ahead but hopefully yeah with a bit more synergy and collaboration yes, you know, we and, get through and, this and the thing julie is everyone says when will we open to mm. long-haul destinations if we can open in, open internally how can we open to long haul so we need to start and and then grow on top of what we have Yes, uh, inside our country. So th- I think that is the most important and focusing on that and then growing to another level uh, would give us uh, safe, also mm. safe travels to Absolutely. other destinations because the virus does not choose nationality. That's for sure. No, it certainly so, doesn't. It certainly doesn't. No, and and no. that's certainly, you know, similar to what's happening here in Australia as well. You know, a similar approach, getting it, you know, right, you know, between the, the different states and, um, opening up these states safely and then looking at safe travel yeah. bubbles as well on that yeah, side. Yeah. We talked about collaboration and obviously that's absolutely crucial uh, in this time, not just, you know, within the destination, but also, you know, out with as well. 
And, and you've mentioned some examples of how the tourism industry have pulled together. Have you seen any best practice, you know, of new partnerships being formed or groups to tackle the elements of the pandemic within Portugal? And, and how, as a tourism authority, have you really worked closely with the industry? I know you've been pioneering a lot of these new initiatives, but do you have regular meetings with the whole industry at large? How has that worked? Well, we, we do have regular meetings with all the associations and with many, yeah. many companies from the hotel association to the experience, uh, travel experience to the travel, to the tour operators. Uh, because as I said, our biggest concern is understanding their needs and yeah. trying to focus on their needs for any decision that we take. Uh, in terms of even in terms of promotion and in terms of campaigns, everything we do right now is very much focused on what they need. Uh, in terms of collaboration, uh, we've seen some very interesting approaches. Uh, well, I, I would say very effective for the future. As, as you said at the beginning, I'm also president of the Innovation Center, uh, the NEST in Portugal. NEST has a very clear um, mission, which is connecting a sector who is very much focused on product and service with technology. Just that, connecting dots. Right. And uh, what we're seeing right now is many businessmen who were, once again, who have, have very solid enterprises for more than 100 years, some of them, that now look for ways to make their business more efficient, more sustainable uh, right. in terms of understanding their ecological and environmental step. And this, for me, is one of the best partnerships I've seen and the best, uh, one of the best relations between the two parts. Uh, right. I think it will be very effective for the future. And, and uh, it's, it's really interesting to see how startups in Portugal are developing new solutions in all this uh, situation. Another relation, which I think, well, that one has to do with us. It's an approach that we had with a medical school from a university, uh, Nova Medical School, uh, something that started with very simple studies about COVID and how can we improve on our efficiency on the battle of, with COVID evolved to something bigger. And uh, now what we're uh, designing is how to bring tourism into medical courses. Not right. that simple decision of, wow, we have to work in the tourism sector and preparing our hospital, hospitals for foreigners, but going into a different degree, uh, thinking what kind of materials should we use inside our hotels or restaurants that are more with a bigger effect in terms of health and in terms of uh, health protection, training also our doctors, considering the necessities and the needs from the tourism industry. So I think this will be a very interesting relation and partnership uh, for the future, Absolutely. especially because now we're working with the same university with all the other faculties. Right. So with, we're working with law, with engineering, with uh, architecture, with this perception. It's not bringing them into tourism, it's bringing tourism needs to them mm. and letting them work on top of them. So uh, this is something for the future. Yeah. And we're very much interested on that also in Portugal. Great. Fantastic. We're going to talk about marketing now. And 
I have noticed from the very onset, um, you know, of the pandemic, the the style of marketing that Portugal has come out with, and it's been, you know, the, the shift in marketing now has gone very much from, you know, the inspirational marketing in the past to more human connected, um, emotional campaigns and storytelling, you know, which are much more authentic. And that's what, you know, certainly we're seeing that shift into this new era with that. You know, the, the, certainly the one that I noticed at the very beginning was it's time to stop. And that really captured my attention. But lately, um, one of the ones that have really captured my attention is the Only You campaign as well, which you had out. And that, again, has a, a beautiful story to tell with human connection and storytelling. Mm-hmm. And it just showcases the diversity of Portugal so beautifully. Um, so that, that really resonated. Can you tell us more about, I, I guess, your thoughts behind those campaigns and the, the process that you went through and, and the impact that they had? Yeah, well, well it was, um, those were very difficult times, I think, yeah. back in March, when, yeah. when you think about it. People felt lost and, and empty and uh, we just wanted, I don't know, it was really difficult. It was difficult, as I told you, to see sending 600 people home from the office yeah. with these uh, difficulties of uh, connectivity because everything was new. We never had made, we had never a Zoom, well, yeah. at least in my side. We had Teams, but no Zoom. It was really difficult. And uh, once again, we felt, uh, and, and we have uh, 25 delegations abroad, so we have people spread through the entire world. We yeah. were worried about them. Yeah, uh, worried about everyone. So uh, that really came from the heart, the Can't Keep Hope, because we made a campaign two years ago, which is Can't Keep Portugal, which was a very effective campaign because we, to tell you the truth, we, uh, the, the word Portugal only showed at the end of the movie and we've decided not to showcase the main destination, the main attractions of Portugal. It was a movie that said, we're here for you. So if you want to travel, if you want to run away from your wife or your husband, if you want to have party, if you want to enjoy culture, we're here for you. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Our purpose is very clear. Uh, we welcome everyone and we respect any difference. That's yeah. our purpose as a destination, as a tourism destination. So that was made with the pieces of uh, those movies. It was recorded from home. Everyone was at home when, when doing the assemblage and, and all that. And it was really touching to see the movie for the first time. Because yes. we couldn't even speak. Everyone was like destroyed and we said, oh my God, this is exactly what I'm feeling. I think that's the kind of marketing we want. Yeah. The marketing that people connect with because that's exactly what they feel. So from that, we evolved to, uh, we thought we can't promote people, we can't promote Portugal as a country to visit. Yeah. So we evolved and we changed our, because that was the time of the uh, national book fairs. Mm-hmm. And we've changed our visit Portugal into read Portugal. And right. we started promoting with a campaign our books and books from our writers or books that talked about Portugal. So that was, this was very touching also because it was very effective. And uh, we did campaign. Of course, almost a hundred percent of our campaigns are digital. We don't do TV. We don't yeah. do newspapers, nothing. So it's, it's very simple for us to change the kind of campaigns we're doing, everything we're doing. 
And the only U is, is very simple. Uh, it was in a time, of course, we were opening in June. Yeah. Uh, we've decided to make a campaign. It's been quite a long time we didn't make a campaign for the Portuguese. So we've decided that the campaign would be based on a love, love letter. Yeah. The, the music only you. Uh, it would be sung by foreigners in Portuguese telling that uh, only the Portuguese could profit from the beauties of Portugal. Uh, so we started with the, with the campaign with the foreigners. And then we started thinking well, anything that we tell to a Portuguese, we have to tell it to the, to the world. So the second movie is about Portuguese singing in foreign language, in the five languages. So English, French, German, Spanish, Portuguese, of course, because Brazil mm. is one of our biggest markets. Uh, so we made exactly the same song with different actors singing for, for, those, uh, for those foreigners, telling them yeah. that Portugal would never leave them too. It's, it's a kind of evolution that you take on top of your campaigns. And now we have a third movement, which be, will be the most emotional one, but I can't tell you this. Until right. It's, it's well, I look forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> you have me intrigued. So, <laughs> so it's, the third, it's the third part. Right. But it was, it was very, very effective and campaigns are having a huge success. Yeah. Uh, ye- yearly, we reach uh, 170 million people in the entire world. Right. More than 130 countries. And the most interesting is we do campaign in 21 countries, right. paid campaigns, and we reach 130 organically, which is uh, really, it's a proof that our message touches everyone. Uh, Absolutely. And the, can, and the Can't Keep Hope, uh, the first campaign was translated for uh, in five different languages by people that we don't even know. They just right. took the movie from South Korean to other languages and they just translated because they felt yeah. so connected with with the movie that they, they've decided to translate it into their own languages. Right. And I know many other countries looked at it as well. I mean, I think you were one of the, the leading countries that came out with this style of campaign and there was a lot followed, you know, thereafter. So, you know, that was, that was well, well There was a big discussion internally because um, being a tourism destination and telling someone that it's time to stop, yeah, it's not easy. Yeah, it's not easy. But sometimes you have to tell what the, you have to be open and, and right. tell exactly what's what's in your mind. And I think that's the biggest lesson that we that we can get for the future is you have to be transparent about yeah. things. Yeah. You can't just promote something because you have a beautiful country or you need tourism because our GDP depends fifteen percent on tourism. Sure. Or whatever. You just have to be honest and say, this is what's happening in Portugal. We've, we've, we have a, a PowerPoint that we send to every delegation, which is called Trust and Transparency. Yeah. And it showcases how many tests we do per week, how many infected people we have, how's the situation in the hospitals, everything. And of course, now it's increasing because it's increasing in the entire world. Sure. But we don't hide it. It, yeah. it's, it is what it is. Yeah. And, and it's, it's not a matter of that you can't travel to our country. It's very safe. I think we're one of the people, uh, a population that complies more with the rules. If you go to a supermarket without a mask, there will surely be a Portuguese addressing you and telling, can you please put your mask? Because here yeah. we do that. And, and that's very, I don't know, I think that was part of the success 
that we had uh, that we have it controlled so far. And do you think, from a marketing perspective, obviously with businesses worldwide and and funds being not available, there's not been any revenue coming in. And I'm talking more about travel providers who just haven't had revenue coming in. Do you? Do you see your role changing in the way that you will support, um, you know, travel businesses that are supporting Portugal? And do you think there'll be much more, um, you know, to extend budgets from a tourism board point of view, much more partnerships, you know, with, you know, whether it be more regional partnerships or, you know, even, you know, looking at sort of other areas in Europe, combining sort of strategies together to market mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. Do you see more of that happening with limited budgets, you know, that we all have at the moment? That's, that's a very good point. And I think that will be the future. It, it has to be the future. That's yeah. for sure. Our biggest concern is that life goes back to normal. Yeah. And, and this, this might, might seem a little bit uh, weird to say, but uh, we can't go back to normal. We can't yeah. go back to what we had of running like crazy without considering who's coming on yeah. our side. And I think we've seen very effective, well, the, the, the clean and safe situation was a very uh, clear of, of what we needed to do together. When you have, of course, they're my colleagues, they're my friends. I'm very good friends with, the, with, with the, my biggest competitors. What mm-hmm. can we do? Uh, we're, we're, we're humans. I'm sorry. Right. And of course, we compete with each other and we have our ammunitions to compete. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's much more effective and much more simple going together or yes. copying an example or just saying, listen, if you want to use this campaign, you can use it for free. No problem. Yeah. The idea is here. I don't care. I reach 170 million people a year. So if you can yeah. reach 170 million from your side, yeah. good for you. I think we will see that much more, uh, mm. not only in the private sector. As I told you, the reach out from the sector uh, to technological companies or to other businesses that have nothing to do with with tourism is 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 booming at least in portugal but in public promotion or destinations uh, there has to be a bigger coordination externally and Mm. also internally and i would say the biggest challenge is having it internally because externally it's much more simple to tell you the truth, yeah. which is which is a little bit disruptive or at least difficult to understand. Uh, but yes, in terms of uh, promotion in long haul markets, we have some relation with uh, with Spain in that uh, in that sense because we have uh, products which are very similar, like uh, the, the ways of Santiago, for instance, that we also have in Portugal, and we've added to the way to the paths of Santiago. The paths of Fatima, which is our uh, pilgrimage destination, uh, the Jewish heritage in Portugal. So we're adding, of course, we're working with our resources, with what we have, with our history, with our culture. Some countries don't have the similar culture, but we can work together. Mm. I had last week, I had a webinar with uh, Morocco, and uh, I'm very good friend with the, with the CEO of Visit Morocco. And he asked me a movie and I said, well, I can send you a movie, but I'm going to say we have to work more together. And I said, okay, perfect. And everyone was blown away because we're competitors. And the movie was, I was saying, I was congratulating them and I was saying, we have to work more together. 
even finding ways, especially for the long haul markets that yeah. don't know us so well on uh, how to attract and how to give them the best seamless experience. And I think the future will also be about that. Uh, how yeah. can we give someone a seamless experience inside a continent or between two countries or uh, inside a city or whatever? I agree. And definitely the, the way forward is much more collaboration. So it's, yeah. it's great to see you leading the way in that area. And we talked briefly on innovation earlier and obviously your role with the Innovation Centre. But has there been any other, I mean, you've obviously, there's been a lot of things that have been done and you've implemented, you know, within Portugal. Has there been any other areas within the industry that you can talk about and um, that has come out as a result of the pandemic that's different to what you've already discussed today? Well, I, th I think the concern uh, about health, of course, it's it's uh, mind-blowing. The obsession about uh, hygiene and cleaning and protecting people. We always said that we're an industry that cares about the other. Yeah. Now we overcare. We don't, we don't care, we take care. It's almost yeah. like taking care of. And I think that's, that has been, and, and I think that will stay for long. Uh, that yeah. won't end and won't stop with the vaccine or with the treatment. Uh, yeah. Something that we have embedded in, in us and our companies. And also because that's what the tourist needs and wants for the future. I, th I think the most... The most impressive thing is the concern about uh, the environment. We were worried that uh, companies, and especially the tourism sector, and the evolution we made, and, and we have very clear goals in our strategy. We launched a strategy uh, three years ago, 2017, until 2027. In terms of sustainability, we want 90% of our hotels and travel agents and tour operators and our companies to have efficiency measures in waste yeah. management, water and energy. We were roughly in the 60s, 60%. So we still had a lot of work to do until 2027. And uh, it's interesting to see that people are very much focused. Of course, we're also pushing for it. We launched the sustainability plan on Monday yeah, so that. for the next so that. Yeah. for the for the next three years, and um, we're, we're even changing some legislation internally so that uh, it's more easy for them to adjust, and of course, financial support and training and all that. But I would say sustainability is one of the challenges, and we, we're seeing big movements on that. Our biggest concern now is about connectivity and mm. uh, how. What will it happen to airline companies? Yes. Uh, we're very much focused, as you said, in terms of collaboration and trying to be of, of help, trying to understand the problems and trying to address also those problems. Yes. Even internally and even if it doesn't have to do with us. But it's quite a big challenge for the future. And I think we should all be very much focused, not only in our own businesses, but in this in this particular kind of business. I agree, I agree. And, so, and that campaign that we talked about in terms of the, the video that you've done on sustainability and the plan, that's available on LinkedIn, I understand, on the Visit yes. Portugal um, site. So if yes, anyone wants to have a look at that, um, it's very well done. And it's very, again, with your transparency and what you're doing and, and all of your plans for the next few years, it's very clearly laid out. So great initiative yes and, and 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 the thing and the thing i think once again the collaboration yes uh, it's not a closed program it's open for discussion until january 
So anyone, uh, we have ranked seven, more than 70 initiatives or programs uh, like the ones I said, changing the regulation or financing, whatever, but it's open. And, and we ask people to say, if you think there's something missing or that something we are not considering here, please tell us and we will include and we will try to address that too. So it's very, uh, I think collaboration is key for the future, will be key for the future. Absolutely. Um, And in in terms of trends, we've we've talked about quite a few today, so I'm not going to go too far into this. But one of the, the trends that we're seeing a shift in is from global to local and then local to global. And then when people travel from global to local, they want to be local if you know what I mean. So, and then that's all about wanting that cultural experience and wanting more authenticity, wanting to connect with communities. And, and certainly you've done a little bit of that around your literacy um, and, and explaining sort of Portugal in that way through books um, as well. Is that a trend that you're looking at in the future as to how you create more authentic products um, like that? And also, you know, there's a, a huge shift in conscious consumption as well as to, you know, what people are actually going to purchase in terms of travel moving forward and the experiences that they want and to feel that they're doing the right thing from the experiences that they buy. Are these trends that you're sort of heavily monitoring into what is developed from our Portugal tourism perspective? Yeah, sure. Um, I, I agree with you. And, and they are here to stay. It's something yeah. that I think every destination was working already because uh, uh, demand was asking for that, the authenticity yeah. and the, uh, the immersion into a country is something which is very important for any of us as a tourist. And I think what we were doing is over the past years, we were building up on top of, once again, what we call cooperative networks. Yeah. We were not promo- promoting a destination and we were not pro- promoting products. We were promoting parts of our history or things, of course, that touch the entire country, that you could do the entire year, but most important, that bring some added value to the country. That's why last year we started with the literature, so promoting Portugal through books. That's why we had the campaign this year too. Why? Well, because we have many Portuguese authors that are very well known in many of our countries, uh, many of the countries that come to, to Portugal. We have more than 60 uh, houses of Portuguese writers who are muse- museums right now, beautiful places. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have so many book fairs and um, open uh, libraries and national libraries that you have to visit when you come to Portugal. So this was really a product. It's a matter mm-hmm. of structuring and uh, developing. We even have hotels uh, who are dedicated to books. So when you have all these pieces, you just have to put them together and sell them. And and I think these cooperative networks that we're doing right now, for instance, we started also with the wine tourism two years ago. Uh, It's it's not very well known. Uh, Well, Portuguese wines are very good quality. And and, we, and very there is a lot of variety of wines in Portugal. Just to give you an idea, Portugal has more than 250 uh, wow. kinds of grapes, right. uh, which is much more than what Spain has or what France has or any other country. 
So we're one of the countries in the world that has more variety of grapes. So you can imagine yeah. the landscape, the quality of wines, uh, the wineries that have been built now made by the best architects in Portugal. So I would say that, yes, it's going back to local. Right. Uh, but, but it's a different local. It's yes. a local that you, I, I won't say it's an Instagrammable local, but it's a local that you really appreciate and that you see that there is authenticity, but there is also a worry about the future, about yes. design, about connecting with the, the real times and with now. So I, I, I totally think that the future will be surely like that. And I, I guess my final question for you is we've talked about, I won't sort of repeat around the sustainability because we all know that that's the way forward and, and to make sure that we create yeah. an industry and businesses, um, you know, that are sustainable, but also, you know, be kinder to the planet and conscious of those decisions. From your early experience of reopening Portugal and obviously going through a second wave now, what would you what would your advice be giving to countries that have not yet opened yet for international tourism, but are planning to do so when it's safe to do so? So countries, I guess, and businesses within those countries, what would be your early experience? I mean, transparency was obviously a major topic that we talked about today, and you know, to make sure that you deliver that all the way through. But what could I leave the the audience with today in terms of um, your advice on that? Well, that's a, that's a very tricky question. Mm. Um, I would say we, we've been using uh, so much as saying right now, when you, when you go in an airplane, and I'm sure many of us are missing airplanes right now, when you go on an airplane, when the, the hostess says you have to put your mask on yourself and then help the others, um, I would say that this is the moment we're on right now uh, we have to put we have to take care of our teams our populations uh, our people the ones that live in our country uh, because that's the only way we will be prepared for the visitors and the church they will come they are coming already many of many people are coming to portugal still uh, and to europe but i would say that uh, it's you can never put down your arms in in the mission of taking care of your own, and uh, because that's the only way you can take care of others. Absolutely. Um, sometimes, sometimes you feel like you want to hibernate and just wake in March 2021, but that's not possible. At least on our side, we have 400,000. Uh, just to give you, just to put to put you in perspective, we went back 10 years in terms of revenues from tourism in Portugal. We went right. back to 2010. And we went back 30 years in terms of guests that we have in our hotels. Wow. The issue here is that 10 years ago, we had 10 times less companies working for tourism than we have now. The pizza has, is, is the same as 10 years ago, but the family is much bigger. Yeah. And our biggest concern is uh, how to, I won't say how to feed that family, but at least how to make those business friendly for the future. Absolutely. Well, let's hope that, you know, we're all able to travel in a, in a safe way soon that, you know, can come back and, and visit your wonderful country. Um, we I, will. And I, ho I, hope to, I hope to welcome you here and not having yeah. this virtual. We'll have to do one live, live 
transmission. We definitely look forward to doing that. Um, well, I appreciate so much your time today. You've given us Thank very you so generously, much, um, you know, some valuable insights. And we look forward to hopefully bringing you back on some future panels, you know, as we work together to shape the future of tourism. Um, and best of luck, you know, as you're going through the second wave and your journey through the ETC and what you're going to be doing on that path to recovery. So I do wish you every success in that. And I look forward to following your journey through that. So thank you so much for your time today. For our next podcast, we'll be welcoming the chairperson of Sri Lanka Tourism um, and also the CEO of Fiji Tourism as well. Um, and thank you to our global audience um, and for supporting Bonali. This is you know, still very new as part of our journey to, to take this on globally. And we look forward to working with you all to collaborate um, and to, to reshape the future of tourism. Good evening, good afternoon and good morning. Thank you. 